Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Media Comms Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo. This is a podcast about communications and its impacts on the world, whether it's cultural, historical, or other ones in the future. This is the third and final episode in this three-part series. Today is also a very special episode, since today we have a guest. Please introduce yourself. Hey, uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Camilo. I'm an 18-year-old Colombian-Canadian citizen, and I currently live in Calgary. I am currently studying computer science at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. But uh, unfortunately, I'm studying from home due to, well, the pandemic. Now, uh, in the future, however, I really hope to pursue game design as a, a career. No problem at all. Glad to have you on here. So, for the listeners to get to know you a little bit better, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the role that uh, communication plays in your day-to-day life? Well, I don't tend to uh, communicate much through, I guess, public social media. Like, I don't know, I'm not really a guy who posts a lot on something like Instagram, but I still tend to use uh, more direct social medias or more, like, specific ones, such as... uh, discord or certain chat groups on messenger and well of course reddit even though it has a sort of bad name nowadays however for productivity i uh i really rely on well global communications to reach other people who i'm like might find myself cooperating with on a project because unfortunately not all game designers and artists and uh well musicians live in the same country or (laughs) in the same time zone so it is important when I'm trying to cooperate with somebody else who, let's say, I guess I get along with on the internet. Um, I really need to be able to talk to them uh, however way possible. Now, uh, not just for productivity uh, is where like digital communications is important for me because, well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's going to be very weird, hopefully, in a couple of years listening back to this, but we're currently in a bit of a quarantine. Well, a bit is a bit. Is a, an understatement, but uh, socializing is just far more difficult than it was before with just many people being stuck at home. And not only that, uh, having relatives in other countries that we can't visit for the holidays as well. We used to. All right. Interesting for sure. So as we mentioned earlier, you are a computer science student, correct? Yes. So to shed some light on that, why did you choose computer science as your career? And how do you think it relates to our topic of communications? Well, um, I use computer science as a sort of uh, step into getting into game design because, well, the influence video games had on me when I was younger and, well, the presentation of said video games, uh, all of it just lured me into the analysis and intrigue of how they were made. I think, um, well, of course, uh, I wouldn't say <laughs> that I was a, an outdoor kid, but... Uh, of the times that I was indoors, I really, really loved them. Uh, video games, I mean. I think they were some of the first times in my life where I really began to understand and think about storytelling and the role that, well, stories have in our uh, in our lives. And uh, I think because of that, because of the way these games managed to communicate all these ideas to me, uh, communication is probably the most important aspect of 
uh, game design because, well, along with every career involved in design, it is all about the delivery and presentation of an idea. And that is just ultimately crucial to the foundation of a final product. I think communication is what will make the difference between people having the perception of video games from uh, something as highly renowned as like an Oscar achieving film to, well, the current conception, which I'd say is unfortunately much closer to something like the way people see Space Invaders. All right. So what was your upbringing in the communications world? Like, how did you first get introduced to digital communications? Well, after, you know, my childhood being formed a lot by small uh, single-player games, eventually uh, I found out that you can play games with other people, and not just other people, but other people around the world. Uh, I think the world of online gaming introduced me into talking with uh, people I never knew through direct association, or really any association for that matter. Um, playing online with strangers and realizing you have common interests or uh, just get along like normal people, you uh, you create new friends. And it really created new uh, perspectives for how I saw the world and how people, um, how maybe the people on the other side of the planet aren't so different than us. All right. Very nice. Nice to see a little backstory with your history of communications. We'll touch on that subject uh, in a bit. For now, let's discuss the upbringing of digital communications. So to give a quick rundown, the first computer was made in 1943 by two scientists at the University of Pennsylvania. This, well, monstrosity of a device was 1,800 square feet and used almost 18,000 tubes to properly function. It weighed almost 15 tons. Now you skip forward a couple decades and you get the invention of the World Wide Web. This was created by Tim Berners-Lee and Robert Caillou in 1989. From there, digital technology pretty much evolved at a super rapid pace, eventually resulting in the internet as we know today, plus all the computers and phones and applications that we could ever dream of. Bearing this in mind, what do you think is one of the most defining moments in digital communications history? Well, I guess starting, well, at the aforementioned uh, first computer, or I guess first sort of modern computer-ish, was the big device made in Pennsylvania. One thing that I always find interesting about the upbringing of, well, what we call digital communications nowadays is that the very first computers didn't really have a, a you know, they weren't made so I could send a message to my buddy on the other side of the country. It was really, well, to do mathematics, to do computations faster, hence the, the name computer. I think in the world of digital communications, I think it starts with the, uh, the the invention of the World Wide Web. Now, uh, of course, once again, I don't think the original in intention of the World Wide Web was for, uh, like, sending uh, messages. However, eventually, emails came around, and then you find yourself in the 1990s when slowly people began to adapt, uh, well, dial-up internet and online forums. And I'd say around, it is around the mid-90s to the early 2000s, where I think it is the truly defining moment of uh, today's modern uh, like landscape of digital communications because it was here where people began to go online and look at forums and primitive image boards and before there was any regulation or monopolies there was no google well there was a google but it hadn't come around to be as big as it was yet you uh, it was it was sort of a wild west and it was it, those were the proving grounds for what would stick in the future and what would be forgotten and i think 
that time of exploration and the uh, first developments of the modalities that we follow today uh, was probably the most defining, I think. It's, it's what permeates to this day. All right. That's great to hear. So now I'm going to switch gears back to you, Camilo, and your experience with communications. So to start this off, what would you consider a defining moment in your history with communications? This is not to be confused with the full history of communications. I believe that, well, for me personally, the defining moment in communications history, my communications history, was when I first collaborated with another person, I think. It was, I was in my early teens, I would have been around 12, when uh, I was using YouTube tutorials and online guides to figure out how to program in a specific language for uh, a game I was really fond of. And I had online friends who lived, I, I believe one of them was in Australia, actually, so we had to communicate at weird hours. But um, he was very talented at uh, art. I was very talented at programming, and we both wanted to make something, so we decided to make our own little uh, mod, uh, that's modification for this game. And uh, I think, well, that was probably the first time I realized how important it was to, to talk to somebody through the Internet, not just because, well, like... Yeah, sure, it's nice to keep in touch with your friends, but also the the exchanging of ideas and how important and helpful, I guess, a computer can be in showing something. I mean, it's easy to describe to somebody, like, uh, I don't know, food. However, through the computer, I can send you a picture of the food. I can send you the sound of the food. It, it was an ultimate tool, and I believe the first time really experiencing that and putting my name on something uh, has made me uh, really, really value uh digital communications all right so due to these events and your history with communications what makes you so passionate about your career choice well i think like computer science uh is is just a massive toolbox there's really infinite amount of things you can do with it and well of course going into game design which is i'd say my my deepest passion is that it is a platform to present stories and ideas, which are um, at times just too complex for traditional mediums, such as uh, film or uh, texts and music. I think the, the element of interactivity, the element of putting somebody in a setting, uh, any setting with an infinite, infinite amounts of detail and, uh, and work, I think it's, it can be far more transcendent than a lot of the art forms that we've seen in the past. And I believe that uh, it's just important and it's going to be like crucial to the shaping of the future uh, art scene. And I, I really hope that, I guess, people sort of begin to experience video games more. They, they, they shake off the, the predisposition of all games being simple time wasters and begin to, well, see the, the amount of work and, and art that there is in them. And I believe that, that if that were to happen... I, th I believe we can shape the perception of entertainment and, well, what it means to be art. All right. Well, that's amazing. So it's time to switch the topic yet again. Sorry about that. So this past year has been full of mishaps and tragedies, and it's extremely rough when it comes to communicating with others due to the pandemic and the lockdown. So how would you describe how communications and digital communications has changed in terms of its role in society? Well, I guess with COVID-19, 
the internet has pretty much replaced our schools, our workplaces, and for a lot of people, our family gatherings. Now, I think communication has been entirely consumed by technology, and now the platform for ideas relies entirely on the creations of the technology company to, well, they run our applications. All right. That's a little bit pessimistic, but that is completely all right. I wouldn't expect much positivity on that topic, especially nowadays. And so, for my final question to you, I want you to turn to the future, to visualize it. With the constant advancement of technology and the constant advancement of communications, how do you feel about the future of communications? What do you think is the next big step? I think that the issue with uh, the direction of communications uh, in technology right now is how it's been infiltrated and shaped by the conglomerates and companies who design our platforms and they use them to advertise rather than encourage communication. I believe the next big step is to escape the cycle of modern social media and uh, I think it relies on the world taking a stand against the politicization of certain media sites and the reinforcement of anonymity of online presence. I believe that as soon as the distinction between simple dialogue and capitalized advertising and agenda is made, social media can evolve into, uh, to present the ideas of the collective rather than the ideas of those who control the medium. I think this issue has become apparent with, well, the way Facebook uh, has been caught like promoting certain like candidates in elections or promoting certain uh, certain things, not with a, like an intention in mind, but ultimately to sell money. And I think that's a very dangerous thing to have when it is such a widespread tool. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Very good insight. That is all the questions I had prepared for this episode and this interview. So, on that note, we will have to go. Thank you for listening. Hope you learned something new or looked at something with a different perspective today. This was the MediaComs podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo. And I'm the guest, Camilo. And we will hopefully talk to you all later. Goodbye for now. <laughs>